I'm Stephen Adams. This is down to Doug. I'm I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words. What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Stephen Adams. I'm not miffed and peeved. I am down to dunk. Yo, this PG and I'm down to dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com. Feature on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. With me today is my good friend, McKelly Barra. McKelly, what's up? Well, we had a great game last night. Uh, well, last afternoon for you. Uh, yeah. Uh, afternoon game, afternoon tip. I mean, it's just, yes, the outcome was incredible because they needed a win so badly and also they they beaten the Sixers now 19 times in a row which just seems improbable because uh, not all those Sixers teams were bad I mean they had like the Drew Holiday, Iguodala, you know, Thaddeus Young, Sixers that were okay uh, and the Thunder still beating them 19 times in a row and this to me this game shows you like how close the Thunder have been to having like because yesterday after the game like Fans are super excited. Things are great. But they were, you're literally one shot away from it being the worst day. I can't believe it. The sky's falling. Like it's, you're just on the razor's edge of being either the greatest or the worst. And we've seen mostly the worst lately. Now, with that Lakers game, like really, they were a shot away too. From from being yeah. from it being a great game for them, like oh, what a bounce back for the Thunder! Great job, and you know here we are. It should be celebrated. That's a big time win beating Philadelphia in Philly. That's a that's a tough game. That's a really tough yes. matchup. Yes, Embiid is really good. Ben Simmons really good. JJ Redick is an incredibly difficult player to guard and you know I thought Billy did an outstanding job there because he basically matched Terrence. Terrence's minutes with JJ Redick, and that's why he was closing the game. And he matched uh, Stephen Adams with Joel Embiid, and he just said, "You're like the designated defenders for those guys, and I'm not going to let anybody else do it." And that's part of why it worked. And also, Jimmy Butler uh, was being terrorized by Paul George all afternoon, and it did not end up being a great thing for for Jimmy. Yeah, uh, I mean, I meant a great game because it was a fun game to watch. Like it was a game that both team played with uh, with energy. With uh, they they really want to win. They uh, sometimes like you see a team that is mildly interested in the game, or you see your team that is playing the worst basketball possible. And uh, it wasn't the case on on Saturday. So I think I think that uh, the Sixers were like. In a good moment uh, of their season, they they won um, tough games. They won like with margin, and so going there and having that game for a few um, players, uh, including Paul George, was was actually good to see. I mean, Stephen Adams wasn't great. Uh, um, Joel Embiid was really the catalyst for Philadelphia, yeah. but I mean, like the game that the two wings of OKC played. I mean, Terrence Ferguson and Paul George was outstanding. And even Jeremy Grant was, was really solid on defense. And he was, he was paying attention to, to rebounds. And I think that 
having a game like that uh, from a semi-rookie in Terrence Ferguson and your best player uh, offensively, Paul George, leading the team in the fourth quarter were the, mo- the, the two highlights um, of the game, for me at least. Yeah, I mean, you look at, just looking at the box score, Joel Embiid's a plus 15 in his 34 mm-hmm. minutes and half port Stephen Adams had to play. He got stuck in the game. I think they, they got Joel Embiid a breather at the beginning of the fourth quarter and Stephen kind of got stuck out there. I know they were trying to pull him out, but it just didn't end up matching. And then Embiid came back in. So like, that's why their minutes aren't completely matched up. Uh, Stephen ended up playing 36 minutes. It's a lot of minutes. Paul George, 40, Yeah, all, all yeah. necessary minutes. Uh, I thought Stephen yeah. did a good job. I think he, I mean, who can match up against Joel Embiid at this point when he's healthy and can play? He's he hits threes. He he had he was only one of five from three, but he also was a threat enough for Russell Westbrook to foul him. And we'll talk about Russell Westbrook at the end of that game here in a second. Um, yeah. Eleven of nineteen from the field, thirty-one points, six assists, eight boards, a block. He like that guy is just a monster. Uh, JJ Redick had a great game too. He was, yeah. uh, he had 22 points on 13 shots for them. And really the different, an, another big difference is the bench. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Sixers just don't really have a, a great bench. Shamet came off the bench and scored nine points in 15 minutes. Uh, but he wasn't a huge factor in the game. Uh, you know, Schroeder, I, we can talk about Schroeder's game and his turnover. The second quarter, he was awesome. You know, he yeah. ended up with 21 points. He hit three threes, which were massive. He had two assists and a rebound, but he's, I don't know what to think about the end of that game because there was just so many ways that he could have corrected what he was doing. He could have called a timeout, uh, but he tried to throw this across the court pass. It's like the most dangerous pass that you can throw at the end of a game. He's being double teamed and great strategy from the Sixers on that. And Jimmy Butler just scoops that ball out of the air and goes and lays it up on the other end and you just think like the the thunder were up a good mm-hmm. a good number of points they're up three when russell westbrook fouled joel Embiid on a three-point shot make all three and then he fouls out on that possession and some people are saying <laughs> today i said on twitter some people are saying like that's probably a blessing for the thunder that he fouled out because i don't know <laughs> if the thunder win that game if he um if he doesn't foul out, I'm not sure I don't land on the same spot as everybody else does, but I can see why. Cause he took some bad threes down the stretch. Uh, and then he had committed that foul. Uh, it was a part of what looked like was going to be just an all time, just crumble from the thunder, just completely wetting the bed in a game where they had really had it in the bag to, to an extent. Uh, it was really, it was it seemed like we we're heading toward a really depressive podcast or a depressing podcast today, but uh, then Paul George happened and he hits that three, gets fouled by Jimmy, seals the game. I mean, that was just a wild shot. But what are your what are your thoughts on like the meltdown that that occurred well, at the end of the game? There were two meltdowns uh, to me. The first one occurred when uh, Nader and Diallo entered the game. Oh my goodness! And yes, yeah. And that's that's the reason why Steven plus minus is so horrible, mm-hmm. because in that span, uh, when you have a guy like Embiid that can really screen, uh, the job of Stevens is already 
tough because he's the anchor of the defense. He's the one who communicates. Um, but having a guy that can really generate space uh, for his guards uh, in Embiid make it, makes it tougher. And Diallo and Nader basically never uh, guarded the three-point line, line as they should. Um, once shooters. And not, not, not just that. I remember a play where Ferguson told um, Diallo to switch. It's, you can actually read lips. And Diallo keep followed, uh, w- was following Redick uh, and uh, Shemet was, was cutting on the other side or Butler and Shemet. Um, and Diallo completely lost Shemet. Uh, in, other, in another situation, Nader completely lost his guy. And that was the, the moment of the game where I said, well... There, there we go. Uh, same as the Lakers. But then OKC actually uh, put things together. The end of the game was weird. Um, in the four, again, OKC was up big, but then Shooter, for some reason, couldn't guard Redick. Like, yeah. period. He, he couldn't stay with him. No. Um, in, in that moment, Ferguson was guarding Butler. PG had to enter the game way before than when it when it should have uh, probably 40 minutes yeah exactly exactly because basically philly was killing okc on with curls with um um backdoor cuts and stuff like that once paul george went in uh i i counted the shots that reddit took and the number is zero like if you don't count the one where he lost the ball uh because steven adams and terence ferguson double teamed him so that's that is how amazing the Thunder defense was with uh, PG and, and Ferg on the court uh, at the same time. But then, yeah, I mean, I, w- I was really pissed when Russ took that shot. Um, but, but it's always uh, like if he made that, like the game is over. Yeah. They win. Uh, and Russ is probably considered as a hero. Um, he missed this. Uh, he missed it. The second one he took up. It wasn't a great shot, but it wasn't as bad as the as the um, as the former one. We all know that Russell Westbrook wants to be the man, and that's how he became the player he is now. I know that you always want him to make the right choice, but you know what? What's the right choice for a player of that caliber? It's taking that shot and making that shot, because. For like the season where he was the best in the NBA was the season where he was taking those shots, those questionable shots at the end of games, and he was making them. Mm-hmm. So you cannot really crucify Russell Westbrook for those choices because the same is the same player that will that will lift your your team in all the other areas like when when russell westbrook is on the court the offense works if you if you complain um about his defense i i am 100 percent with you because if you want to win titles you have to commit on defense but i don't i i am not mad at him because he he's he's the max like he's the history of okc he's what okc is right now Mm. i know that paul george is a better offensive player than him i know i want paul george to get shots and he did but you cannot be as mad as like in other situations about Russ. I it's a bad shot, yes. Uh, but then he, he he made an assist to Terrence, who made a good shot. I, I'm more pissed about the foul that he um, 
that he had on Embiid uh, to the end of the quarter because it was an ill-advised decision. Mm -hmm. If you take like a step back three with two men on you, guarding you very closely, then be, then so be it. Right. Uh, that that foul was was probably the worst decision that he made all night. Mm -hmm. So there will be lots of talks. Probably someone already talked about this uh, in the national media and local media. Uh, I don't I don't particularly care. I mean, I want Russ to be the guy of OKC, in, in OKC. Uh, and he, I want him committed on the defensive side. And he was not bad uh, against Philly. So that's that's the thing I I will focus on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so a minute 17 left. Russell takes uh, a pull-up three-point shot and misses. That's where Butler gets the ball and then dribbles up and hits, another, hits, a, uh, hits his own three. That puts the game within one point. And then Russell takes another three. And he... <laughs> Luckily, he got bailed out by Steven, who grabbed mm -hmm. the rebound, and that's when he threw it to Terrence. It's funny that like this happened against the Spurs, where to get them into overtime, what did Russell do? He's throwing the ball to Terrence Ferguson in the closing minute of a close game. And the fact that, one, Russell trusts him, and two, that Terrence Ferguson is making those shots that is such a massive thing for this team because just think about who has been playing that spot for the last decade for the Thunder. It's been an Andre Robertson who's not going to be even in that position. You're definitely not throwing him the ball. And that's a that's an instance where Russell probably pulls that pulls up and takes that shot again if Paul George isn't open or if Jeremy Grant isn't open. It's it's Tabo Cephalosha who had one good three point shooting season in his career. Uh, it's, it's just guys that you just are not going to throw the ball to, frankly. And so to have a weapon like that, that can defend JJ Redick and find me 10 guys in the league that can defend JJ Redick like Terrence does. I mean, I don't know that you can, and then mm -hmm. a guy that can hit a, a shot like that is huge. And the fact that Russell passing the ball, like Russell, he made some bad choices for sure. I don't love the threes, but also if you want Russell to be a weapon in the playoffs, an offensive weapon, you can't just say, all right, you're in a slump. Don't shoot the ball at all. Don't shoot it. You can't, we don't want you doing that. We want you doing it when you're, when you're back in rhythm. Okay. How do you get back into the rhythm? Like he's gonna have to shoot himself back into a rhythm. And yes, does he take too many shots? Sure. But he's, he's the reason why you even have Paul George here at all without Russell. Mm -hmm. There's no Paul George. If he just had like a random point guard here, Ricky Rubio or somebody, he'd probably be in L.A. Oh, yeah. Like Russell's, he said it even last season, during the season, Russell's going to make the decision a lot easier. And a lot of people are, well, snickering, saying like, oh, he's definitely leaving now. No, he stayed because he loves Russell. So like you can't just, we can't just go ahead and just throw everything out for Russell whenever he doesn't make great decisions. Like that's just a part of the Russell Westbrook experience. Um, but Terrence made that huge basket. Russell does foul really bad. Dennis has to come back in. Uh, and then just chaos ensued. Um, and you know who, and this is another underrated thing that they have a guy in Terrence Ferguson that made that pass to Paul George on the inbounds. Uh, yeah. that was a, a good decision by him. He's just, he's, and I, I think we're in danger of just like raving about him too much, but he's been. But come on, I mean, he's twenty. He's been so playing good. like a starter for a great team. I mean, he's really how, good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If you, if you have a guy that is shooting thirty-eight percent uh, that plays that kind of defense at yep. the age of twenty, 
I mean, Robertson, when he was a great defender, he was already 25, 26. Right. was in his prime. I mean, this guy has five years before going into his prime. Five <laughs> years. Yep. Do you remember, Steve, the second season when yep. we started to say, well, he's going to be someone. Like, now he's a borderline all-star. Mm-hmm. So if Terrence fo- – and, and he was older than Terrence. So if Terrence follows that 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 route, it means that OKC okay, found at the position of like 20, 21st, 22nd pick. I don't remember. Pick. Yeah, 21st. 21st pick. A guy that can be, can develop into at least a starter, uh-huh. I think. Well, that's, the- that's incredible value already. And it makes two draft picks that on draft night – I was super mad they drafted Steven Adams and I was super mad they drafted Terrence Ferguson. So I think if that could be your thunder barometer where in June, if I'm super mad, they drafted the guy, just expect greatness from him. Uh, great. speaking of greatness, he's shooting 49% in the month of January on 5.4 attempts from three. Yeah. Yeah. I like the attempts more than the percentage almost. Well, I like, them I both. like, yeah, I like them both, but <laughs> if I have to choose, yeah. I have to choose which one to, like, probably both, you're right, but the point that they are giving him yeah. five shots a game, it's huge. that's that's important. That's oh. really important. About the last play, before I forget, uh, Schroeder starts with a great screen um, that helps Steven Adams have the time, so that Steven Adams has time to screen Butler, and then Paul George um, gets the pass puts his feet on the ground before Butler can be anywhere near him. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Donovan is using these ATOs, uh, and I have already downloaded like 20 clips about uh, sideline, out of bounds. Um, I, have to, I need to have like a, an afternoon to put them together because I think um, this is one of the things that Billy um, is great at, uh, designing out of bounds calls. And... Um, and yeah, last night was was a was a good example of that. Yeah, it, he, Billy's a good coach. I know people get yeah. super mad at him, and like to be fire honest, him, fire the man. The man doesn't deserve to have a job anymore. I think people just get so upset after a loss that they just need to blame somebody. And the yeah. coach is the easiest target because, especially when the team isn't playing hard. I feel like if for whatever reason it's easier to blame the coach for that than it is to blame the star player which is really who should be to blame for that uh but a few more stats are you there yeah okay a few more stats uh from the game the thunder outscored this and this is a, a stat that was not going in the favor of okc until yesterday it was points in the paint the thunder were 48 to 40 points in the paint which is something the thunder like Luke talked about resting on your laurels. That's one of their laurels. They're resting on that is that they score points in the paint. They're good at that. Uh, Second chance points. They were 13 to 14 in favor of Philly, which is not typical. But when you have Embiid in there, it's just a different story. Fast break. The Thunder didn't kill them on the fast break. They were 17 to 10, which isn't huge. Uh, The Thunder led early in the game by uh, 16 points. And Mm -hmm. things just kind of fell apart with the bench. And that's where... And we talked about this at length last week, but you know, at this point, I don't even know that Patterson's the guy that you're wanting to replace so badly coming off the Mm -hmm. bench. Like I can see Patterson still taking some minutes when, if, if, and when Robertson and Abrinas come back, 
and you might be just replacing Nader and, and Diallo's minutes with those two guys, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, there's, again, um, last last season we were guilty of wanting Ferguson out of the lineups, and I won't make that mistake again because I think with this coaching staff, it's a mistake uh, because you don't want to take out all the developmental minutes. But if you can play Nader or Diallo, um, while giving minutes to Abrines, if we, if he will ever come back to the team, uh, and or Dre, I think that is a good practice. I mean, you can develop a guy like Diallo uh, by playing him every two games, for example. And the same, and the same with Nader. Nader needs to be better at defense, like he really needs to. Uh, he's not as fast uh, with his feet, but he can still do things. Um, what he cannot do is decide point blank to go under screen. Um, maybe when, when the guy is JJ Reddick, because that is a three pointer, an automatic one, right? Or just forget to look at your guy, uh, while being backdoor cat that, that those are the issues. Um, and I mean, it's hard. The NBA is incredibly hard. Um, when you are, when you have to play defense and you're not crazy fast. So we'll see. But again, um, it's a good point that you don't have to play them both. Um, yeah. and, and that I think, uh, well, it, it wasn't happening at the beginning of the season. The second unit was better. You had, the, you had Diallo playing and maybe sometimes later. The point is, uh, and I almost forget about him, um, like TLC is still on, with the team, which is yes. the most weird thing. Yeah. Like he's not anywhere near to being part of this team, which is so weird. Also, and, and funny you mentioned him. Because like you don't ever really think about him on this team because he's he's not going to play. I don't think he defends. And we're talking about like Nader not defending at a high enough level. I mean, just just think about that. TLC is probably a little bit lower than that uh, because they trust Nader to an extent, and they they yeah. kind of showed you how much they trust them in a big close game like this. They played Nader eight minutes. They played Diallo four. You know, they didn't play Diallo in the second half at all. Uh, yeah. As, as probably a teaching moment for him. But it was funny. So did you see the, on the broadcast when Ben Simmons was mic'd up yesterday? And yeah. Ben was yeah. going to talk yeah. to TLC. Yeah. <laughs> he's, Ben's a weird guy. It's, he's, yeah. It was a weird, awkward moment. TLC, was he, who is he talking to? Was he talking to Russell? Or he's talking to No, I don't, I don't think it was somebody? Russell. Yeah, probably I so. I don't remember who Maybe it was. PG. Yeah. PG. Whoever I don't know it was. I, He's sitting I, there talking. He's not Russell for sure. Okay. Because Russell would have, like, Russell would have he said would probably into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Uh, Ben's like trying to talk to TLC. He's just going, kept going you good? You good? You good? And TLC's <laughs> just, just flat out ignoring him. He's like, you're not going to talk to me now that I'm, that I'm around your teammates? He looked at him and he goes, nope. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, okay. Uh, it was, I mean, that kind of shows you like this, as much as we love, as much as people complain about the thunder and think that this team just isn't that great or whatever you think about them, they are together from yeah. top to bottom. And as much as you may not like the, the leadership of Russell Westbrook, as much as you may not like the leadership of Billy Donovan, that is not the case with every NBA team where they no. are a cohesive unit for better or for worse kind of thing. I mean, even look at Boston. They've got the king of the world, Brad Stevens, as their coach, and they have a lot of chemistry problems on their team. Yeah. 
Yeah. And Billy, as, as much as we don't like some of the things that he does or you want to blame him for things, there haven't really been chemistry problems with the team, with Billy around. And you never you don't hear no. about him. Some of that's the thunder or tight lift, but most of that is like if there was a chemistry problem on the team, you would know about it. We would know. We'd be able to figure it out. And I don't I just don't think there is. I think these guys genuinely like each other and like to play with each other. They like to play for Billy. They love being on the Thunder. I mean that's a that's a huge underrated thing. And when it comes down all the way to TLC, who has every reason to be disgruntled that he's a wing in this league that is looking he doesn't this is the last year of his contract because the thunder denied his fourth year option like he probably really wants to play but the fact that he's sticking with his teammates and shunning ben simmons is kind of that kind of shows you a a little bit inside like this thunder team like they care about each other and they want to stick together and a a lot of that is russell westbrook a lot of that is the leadership of their best player who's probably not their best player anymore but the guy who's leading this team is how dare you (laughs) How dare you? <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself. Why? I don't know. I was just <laughs> trying to be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a good game, though. Like, it was It was a really entertaining game. The end was just absolutely nuts. Huge shot. Yeah. MVP moment for Paul George. Like, if he... I don't think he'll win the MVP, but if somehow he just lights the world on fire and the rockets fall off the face of the earth... Like that would be one of the MVP moments for Paul George. It's his second game winner of the season, a huge win for the Thunder. I think I heard somebody say that that was the first win that a Western Conference team has had in Philadelphia this season. Is that right? I you heard that? don't know. That no, not, I, I haven't heard that. That not? No, it, it it can be. It can They're be. good. Um, like the, this Sixers team is really good, and they had just beaten yeah. Indiana on the road which is not an yeah. easy game. They destroyed them. Like this, this Philly team has started to roll a little bit. And so it really, it just shows you kind of what I was thinking all along was, man, they just really didn't care about playing the Lakers without LeBron. Man, they really yeah. didn't care about playing yeah. the Atlanta Hawks. And that's why I'm so worried about tomorrow's game. We're recording this on yeah. Sunday afternoon for those of you that are listening on Monday. But that's why I just fear this game in new york so, so much because it's just yeah. like who are they gonna who are they getting up for like i just don't that's that's a concern for me because i'm yeah. more worried about this game tomorrow than i am second night of a back-to-back against portland yeah it's it's less concerning because it's uh, it's a holiday well you you have a day off uh in for ML, mlk i, I don't i don't personally oh yeah, but, but but there is one of those those days where, as an NBA team, you you, you usually gear up for yeah. uh, Christmas for uh, Martin Luther King Day. So maybe maybe they will they will play. And and if you want to blame Russ for something, I think this is an NPG in the same with the same uh, kind of measure. This is why you should be uh, pissed about Russ because. If he shows up, teams shows up. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't, team may not want to show up. So it's the leadership like, of Russell Westbrook. Yeah, it is. It is. He he. Be, believe it or not, and people uh, uh, people just talk, man. Really, when it comes down to people, just talk. Like nobody wants to follow that guy. Who would ever want to play with him? Blah 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 blah. Well, the, the fact is that these dudes do want to play with him and for him. And he is their barometer. Like if yeah. he's locked in on defense, 
boy, it's going to be hard for the opposing team to score. It's going to be yeah. r- a really rough night for them. And even he's if not, he, even if he if he's like borderline okay, yeah. like do one rotation and one you t- you can take off. Just don't take off four rotations in a row. Mm-hmm. Like I was talking today with um with a coach here uh, in my hometown. He's a good friend of mine. I I almost invited uh, in the pod, uh, but uh, he's not confident enough in his English. And we were discussing blitz coverage and blah blah blah. And he said, "Well, it's just take like two rotations uh, that you don't do in in two possessions, and everything starts to crumble because." Mm-hmm you don't trust your teammate again. You want to cover for him and you have to go a step ahead and you miss your own coverage in the third possession and boom, you, you just took nine points. And that is what happen, What happens when Russ miss one rotation, then another one, and then Steve start to overcompensate, which is one thing that you always um, point out, which is correct, that Stevens overhelps. Yeah. And he overhelps because he he knows that Russ will take the next possession off like the first two one. And it doesn't matter if Russ wants to take or, or doesn't because Steve made up his mind. And so, and things start to to be not okay. So it's, it's a high risk, high reward with that defense. Jason Kidd lost his job because of that kind of defense. But when Milwaukee was sound, when they wanted to do that coverage, their defense was awesome. And so, yeah, I mean, I think OKC is capable of, and when Russ is okay and doesn't take too many possessions off, it's a tough out. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're totally right. Uh, a few more stats that just kind of tell me this team got back on track yesterday, rebounding. They only got out-rebounded by two, 47 to 45. They got killed by the Lakers on the boards, which is just all, it's an effort stat for the most part. Some of it's luck, mm-hmm. like a bounce here or there, sure. But overall, like that's a... How how hard are you trying here? And you had Russell had 10. Jeremy Grant had nine. Like, that's a big night for Jeremy Grant to get nine boards. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was that was a big deal. And then the turnovers. The Thunder turned over 10 times uh, to the Sixers 17. Like, those are, yeah. those are big time. Both of those, to me, are big time numbers for the Thunder. Where at the end of the day, if you look... And you're within a few rebounds or you out rebound somebody by a little bit like that's that's where the thunder should be. They shouldn't get out rebounded by 10 or 12 like that to me. There's that spells effort. And then the turnovers, the thunder can create turnovers. Russell Westbrook, he aggressively stole the ball from Ben Simmons when he was like in the mid post yesterday. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And stole it for a dunk. I mean, that was that's a those are big ones where the thunder can force turnovers. Some people are like, well, you can't really force turnovers. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. This team absolutely can and should if they're doing the right things. And sometimes that will result in something bad. Like maybe Russell gets out of position and the score like that happens a lot. But when they're playing aggressive like that, it can lead to big things for this team. And it did yesterday. The 17 turnovers, that's a lot. And that's where the Thunder should win the game. And it also almost didn't go their way. But man, what a what a big, big. Uh, win for this Thunder team that needed to get back on track. And poor Jeremy, by the way, he he took three charges yes. on his chest. <laughs> and I know that like probably a few, like one was, he was not um, exactly uh, perpendicular to, to the opponent, but the other ones, boy, like he was hurt. <laughs> like, yeah. like taking um, Joel Embiid 
on your chest when he is at full speed. He did it in the first quarter. That was uh, actually a charge. Uh, it's it requires some balls. Oops, sorry. Uh, I should have. Well, <laughs> no, it it does. requires some guts. Totally some does guts. require some balls. For uh, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, and so I think it was uh, it was a good game for him. It was. Uh, okay. I don't have an ad for today, but I want to do something different that I haven't never really done anything like this before. Um, but I, so I have a, one of my neighbors, we're pretty close with them. Uh, they have a daughter, her name is Ava and she was recently diagnosed with a disease called aplastic anemia. And it is really serious. Like she has no ability to fight infection. So she's constantly in and out of the hospital she will ultimately need a bone marrow transplant and they're hoping to get that from one of her siblings and so they don't have any results for anything like that but uh, the amount of hospital bills and the amount of stress and concern like this can a lot of people don't live through this and so um, they're hopeful there's they don't have a treatment plan for her yet but they're hopeful that she that she'll be okay um since they caught it early, but the, this family is in big time need and they have a GoFundMe set up and I'm going to put the link out on down to dunk and I'll put it on my personal Twitter profile at down to dunk at Andrew K. Schlecht. I'm going to put the link for this GoFundMe on there. So in lieu of going to support people, our, our sponsors, um, I would love it if you guys would support, um, Ava Wood and her family, uh, they're wanting to raise five thousand dollars. They've raised fifteen hundred dollars so far, um, and it would mean the world to me if the Down to Dunk community could rally around this family uh, and support them. Because if we, if everybody that listened paid a dollar, we would um, blow away that number for them. And so, if you're able to, I know not everybody's able to do this, and I'm not push. I don't want to push this on you, but. I would love to support a friend and a little girl. She's eight years old. Um, I would love to give her support and give this family some support in a time where there's a lot of fear and anxiety um, and just, she's just generally just not well. And it's just really sad to see. So she was diagnosed just right after Christmas. Um, she did competitive gymnastics and now she can't really do anything like that anymore. Um, so if you could support her, if you go to GoFundMe.com and search Ava's Faith Through a Plastic Anemia, if you can't spell that, which I probably couldn't, just go to uh, my Twitter, Andrew K. Schlecht, or go to Down to Dunk's Twitter, and please click the link. If you can give a dollar, that's great. If you're able to give more, um, I think that that would be a huge blessing to them. So in lieu of an ad, please support the Woods family um, in their journey through this illness. So now that's over, we can talk about some thunder stuff, but I just wanted, I just felt I've had that on my heart for a while. Um, and I talked with their family a little bit about it and told them I wanted to do this. And so if you guys could support it, that would mean uh, a whole lot to me and a whole lot to them. Uh, and it's a good way to, you know, support somebody that really needs something. So anyways, uh, well, I know what I would do, uh, as soon as we, uh, finish recording this one it's I mean so just personally they they have three kids um, one their youngest is a boy that is like right in between my 
my kids are six and four and he's five years old. And so he's over here just all the time. And she comes over a lot too. And so we're, we're close with them, close with their kiddos. And, um, just something that's been on, you know, my heart, my family's heart for, you know, about a month now. So, um, yeah, if you could support her, that would mean a whole lot to me. Um, okay. Let's talk about the Western conference a little bit. Yeah. So the Thunder are third place in the Western Conference, despite them being pretty terrible in their last 10 <laughs> games. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. Uh, they still have a point, the third best point differential in the Western Conference, which all of this seems just kind of crazy. But like this, this tells you like how close the West is and how yeah. a lot of these teams just haven't been that great either. So... The Thunder have this game in New York. It's a big one. Like, they need to win. Like, they just need to go win the game. Like, I don't care how you do it. I don't care if it's ugly. Just go win the game. Because on Tuesday, they play Portland here in OKC. And that's a huge one. Because Portland was in third place before the Thunder won yesterday. And Portland's 28-19. and Like, that's a, they're, yeah. they're a good team. that you, You've got to go beat that Portland team on Tuesday in OKC. That's an important game for this team. And they play the Pelicans on Thursday without Anthony Davis. And it's hilarious because I they, they put the report there. He, may, he might play, but his, odds are he yeah. won't. Um, but if he doesn't play, it's funny. People are posting, like, uh, automatic loss <laughs> if he doesn't yeah. play. And you know what? <laughs> like, I to- I'm totally with you. Uh, I'm a little bit... M- more scared of a Pelican team without Anthony Davis than I am a Pelican team with Anthony Davis because the Thunder, when they line up and they see an Anthony Davis, all right, let's go. Let's play. When they line up, they see like, who's the best player over there? Is it Drew? Is it Julius Randle? Like, oh, okay. Like, whatever. Julius Randle, notorious Thunder killer. He like, is a Thunder killer. He's, he was, he's been yeah. awesome against OKC. Yeah. Uh, but those are big, it's a big week for the Thunder to get back on track because they, like, they can beat the Blazers at home. It's been really tough to beat yeah. the Blazers in Portland. They could beat the Blazers at home and they really, they should. And they should beat, uh, the Pelicans without Anthony Davis, they need to prove that they can get back on track and start caring about these games again. Because if you if they stop if they don't care about the games that they should win and they lose those games, the gimme games are getting smaller and smaller by the day. And you let yeah. a couple gimmies go in this past week. And really, I think the most I'm not I guess I'm not so frustrated that they lost because the team is going to lose. I'm just frustrated by the missed opportunities that they've had in those losses uh, yeah. to, to gain hold because they could be in first place right now in the West. Oh, if, yeah, they if, could. If they would have just won the games they should have won. You know, you, you, could, you could be in the same position Denver is or Golden State if you just win the games that you're supposed to. And it's just, it's just missed opportunities. And that's super frustrating. Yeah, I mean, Atlanta, Chicago, Minnesota twice. Um, uh, then Washington, um, yeah, like like five games that you should have won, and all the Lakers again, so six. Like if you say me, if you say to me that OKC could have been like thirteen losses and whatever, like thirty three wins, yeah, that could have been something. Mm-hmm. Um, they they missed an opportunity. Or if it they just go probably... four and two in those games, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Or you just miss yeah. two of them. Like that's good yeah. enough. Yeah, this kind of crap where you're looking like the same team from last year and losing these bad like you guys, you just can't like that's if you want to win the Western Conference in the regular season, those are games that you win. 
And the Thunder, they're just not going to win the Western Conference. (laughs) No, because of that. They're just not going to. Uh, But if they want home court advantage, which I think is super important, which is obviously still on the table because, I mean, believe it or not, as bad as last season seemed, they still got home court advantage in the playoffs. As tight as things <laughs> yeah, it were, was, it was kind of kind of random because of the win, the, the one that they the win that they had against Utah, basically. Yeah, that that was the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's why another point. That's why beating Portland is so important. It's crucial. If you yeah. go two zero two zero against them. Um, it, it means a lot. And yeah, I mean, they, I think that if they, if they go 2-1 in the next three games, I think it's okay. 1-2 uh, is really bad. Uh, well, 0-3 is horrible. Right. Um, like, but like if they, if they win against New York, uh, if they show up against New York and they somehow find the energy to, to beat Portland, it would be... It would be great because, again, they, they really need to find consistency on the things that they do on the court again. And, like, trying to play at least, like, against New York, you just need, three, like, two and a half quarters. Yeah. The first two and a half quarters, though. Yeah. Like, if you play for 30 minutes, 28 minutes, uh, first and second unit, you, you're probably plus 20. Mm-hmm. Midway, midway, the third, and that is the moment where if you if you don't screw up, you can coast. But you yeah. cannot coast when when the second unit comes in in the in the first quarter. That that's not the moment of coasting. That's the moment of pushing. Right. If you are the second unit, like pushing on defense, like be mean with your with your opponents. Mm-hmm. Some of like you you have to make them work as much as you can. Uh, because like you are not like the best on offense uh, as a second unit. Yeah, Schroeder can make baskets on his own, and he's doing it as of late. But I- if you don't play defense, then it, then it's not enough. So I think if they care for 28 minutes against New York, and then they can st- maybe imagine if they could rest PG and Russ uh, oh. for the like PG for the entire fourth quarter. Because you have, like, it's a back-to-back, but it's a mild back-to-back. Yes, you have to travel, but at least you have more than 24 hours yep. between uh, the two games. And bummer, like, real bummer. You know what is the real bummer? I will not be able to watch it live. Because <laughs> it's I'm, such a bummer. Because it's, like, at the, like, the regular time that we usually watch time. games. Yeah. Yeah. It's six thirty. Yeah, um, but I but I have to travel for work, and I am alone with my boss, and so we will probably have dinner, and we have to talk with with like a lot of people, and I will probably not watch the game entirely. So, what city are you going to? I'm going to Sicily, okay. uh, in Syracuse, which is actually a very nice city. But I, I I am going there because my company has a plant nearby. So, yeah, nice. Yeah, and so here, here's another reason why the Thunder need to win that game Tuesday night is that the Portland Trailblazers have a back-to-back as well. And they're oh. way tougher. They play in Utah Monday night at 8, 8 p.m. tip-off here locally here in OKC. Yeah. So it's a flight from Utah to OKC, which is not like the worst flight in the world, but still they don't have even 24 hours uh, yeah. for themselves. So that's a huge – it's a huge opportunity. Again – it's about the opportunities that are presented to the Thunder. Are they going to win every game? Absolutely not. But to me, all I care about, and I said this before the game yesterday to somebody, everyone was like, well, the Thunder really need this win. Man, to me, like, I don't, 
care as much about the win as much as I care about do they show up? Do they care? Yeah. Do they play defense? Yeah. If it's about like not hitting shots, like, okay. You know, like there's only so much you can control. But if the Thunder are taking care of the things that they can control, like playing defense, executing, finding the right shots, things like that, I'm fine with the result. Like the game yeah. they lost in San Antonio, I was fine with that result because they played their guts out. They played really hard on both ends, and it just came down to the fact that the Spurs hit more shots than the Thunder did, and they fought back from that. I mean, they were down big time just because the Spurs could not miss. But they fought yeah. back. They showed that they had character. That's awesome. That's great. But when it comes down to the fact that you're not controlling the things that you can control, that's where I'm just like, all right, like whatever. Like that's those are bad, bad losses. Those are truly the bad losses. You can have bad yeah. losses where you lose to teams that aren't very good and they just outshoot you. And like, and the th- if the Thunder played decent defense and tried hard and whatever, like that's fine. Like those games will happen. But if you lose because of your own effort and your own will to win or to not care or care more about the names on the back of your jersey and just think that you can just show up and beat, you know, whoever's on the other side, like, all right, like you deserve to lose and you should be embarrassed because like you should, you should every night you have the thunder have a couple things that can control their effort on the rebounds and their effort defensively. And if they can control those two things, they're going to win a lot of games. So they would, they would have won probably 60 games this season had they controlled those things all season, but they're not going to now. And they're fighting really to get to 50 at this point. So, uh, yeah, that's, those are the reasons why I get mad at this team. If they miss, if, yeah. if it's just missing shots, I don't think you can be that mad. And, and you can you can parse this exact thing in the game they played yesterday, um, because in the first quarter, in the first half, they gave up twenty one trees to Philadelphia, and they took just eight free throws. And I remember I, I probably tweeted that Philadelphia in the third they took three trees. Two of those were highly contested ones. From that's MB. huge. That's a that's a massive yeah. number for this team. That and they yeah. took and they took more than ten free throws just in that quarter. So OKC again, if they play that blitz coverage as they should, as they can, they are making hard on the other team to to, to even take trees. And I, I what I went back and rewatched part of the San Antonio game. The first quarter, OKC didn't play coverage as they should. I noticed that San Antonio like made threes, like too many of them. Uh, but still, they could have played better, like they did in the second half. And when you get a team hot from three, it's hard to stop. It's hard to go back. And so that's why it's important on any given night to start with the right foot. Yeah. And when the second unit comes in, they have to stick with that. Because again, two quarters of highly efficient defense with, with with the offense that they are playing lately, you are plus 20 on on, on every bad team. Everyone. Right. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Uh, okay, so big game for the Thunder tomorrow uh, against the Knicks. It's just big because it's a game they can and should win if they, uh, if they just show up. And then they play Portland Tuesday night. I think I'll be at the game Tuesday night. Uh, should be should be a fun game. Like that's the the Blazers are always a fun a fun team to play against. So, uh, anything else, McKelly? Before we go, no. I think we 
we cover that game. I think, uh, uh, again, it was fun. Let's have fun. Even when yes. OKC tried to crop the bed. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it almost gave it away. I mean, again, it's we're just on the razor's edge between like full on meltdown by the fan base and just like jubilee and like a- a- asking questions like, is Paul George the MVP? <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just hilarious. Uh, okay. Thanks for listening. Go follow McKelly on Twitter at Mikey Barrett's. Great stuff. He always posts really smart things. If you just want to be a smarter Thunder fan in general, you should be following him if you're not. Go ahead and make yourself smarter by following him. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. You can follow our podcast out down to dunk. Uh, Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It would mean a lot to us. I'll read all of them and I see all of them. So continue to do that. You guys have been awesome. Uh, And go support Ava on her GoFundMe. You can search GoFundMe.com. Search Ava's faith through a plastic anemia. Donate whatever you can uh, to help this family. Uh, whatever you would maybe spend at a, at one of our sponsorships uh, in in one visit, like if you could spend that, that would be uh, a wonderful thing and a huge blessing to that family. I uh, hope you guys have a great day, and we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday with Alex Spears. Mm-hmm.